You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. We have Sanjay Pegday on the call. Sanjay, I really appreciate your time. And we're going to cover a lot of information here today regarding syndication. But before we do, I want to make sure that we direct everybody to your website. It's blueringinvestors.com. And I'll make sure to have links in the show notes. But uh, Sanjay has been kind enough to have a white paper up there that you should really uh, consider going over there, taking a look at and downloading. But you're about to also have a book coming out that's going to kind of define this whole thing from A to Z uh, regarding syndication and probably everything you might need to know. So keep that his website bookmarked and head over there. But Sanjay has a very unique story, and I really want to spend uh, probably the first half, if not third of the of the podcast talking about how you came about. I mean, you even immigrated from India and that whole, I mean, there's got to be a great story there. Uh, definitely there is, uh, uh, Jerry. And Jerry, first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me on your show. And uh, I also want to like, thank all the listeners uh, for uh, you know listening to this uh, story. It is a really good story. Um, so I, I was born and raised in a middle-class family uh, Jerry, uh, both my parents used to work and they moved to the United States because uh, they wanted to give me a better life. Obviously, America is the land of dreams and it truly is a land of dreams. So they did come over here. Uh, unfortunately, my father passed away uh, You know, while I was back in India and uh, I still could not come down to the United States uh, to see his funeral because uh, they had applied for my green card and I could not come here for that. So I had to wait uh, seven years before I could get my green card and come to the United States. Uh, when I did come here to the United States, uh, I didn't get my physical green card in my hand. And without a physical green card, you cannot get uh, apply for your social security. And without a social security number, you cannot get a job. So mm. I learned one thing is it was about three months into me coming into the U.S. and I didn't have a job. And when a man doesn't have a job, I, I figured he makes a baby. And that's pretty much what happened. My wife gets pregnant and now I really needed to go look for a job. Um, luckily enough, I got my physical green card and applied for it. And there was this company that was hiring for on the floor job as, uh, uh it was called SAFT and, uh, they manufactured lithium batteries for space and defense kind of applications. So I started over there at $7 and 25 cents. And then nine 11 happens and they started looking for a maintenance helper. So I applied for that job and, uh, I'd never done that before in my life, but I did that. Uh, even though my background is uh, back in India, I had uh, a background in pharmacy. So this is everything was new to me over here. And uh, later on, I got promoted as the production supervisor. And then I got into sales. Uh, it was a, you know, I, I love sales. And I applied for one of those positions in sales for the Northeastern region. And I did well in that. So they promoted me as the sales manager for North America and then the director of sales for Americas and Asia. Uh, Later on, one of the competitors hired me as the vice president of sales and marketing. But during this process, what ended up happening is that um, when I was making some money, I always knew one thing is that real estate has money. And I used to invest money in real estate in single family, uh, as well as um, uh, 
when it came down to uh, passive income, I used to invest in uh, storage houses and uh, uh, multifamily as well. I could see money coming in from storage and multifamily, but my single family that I had put money into, I had more and more expenses, like something would break up and then I have to go fix it. And I had to do it by myself, whereas I didn't have to do any of those with multifamily. So that kind of got me thinking about, uh, you know, learning more about multifamily and how they did things and what was syndication. And um, uh, I, I went to Ari Mentor. Uh, it is, uh, they teach how to do uh, multifamily syndications and how to uh, vet the deals and all of those things. So that's pretty much what uh, I learned over there and then started off with Blooming Investors as a company to focus on. Sure. So how long have you been doing the syndication? I've been doing this for about a year now. Oh, okay. And then uh, talk about that first time that you started a syndication. How hard is it to <clears throat> go through the the process of of doing what, I mean, this isn't an easy thing. I Just you laughing alone probably tells our listeners quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, JD, I think it is. Uh, it's very interesting because um, yeah, I think you must have gone this through as well. Uh, but um, you know, when you get into the syndication thing, and you say that you're starting off your own business, you're coming up with this whole thing. Everybody's out there, your family, your friends, and everybody's so happy for you. They congratulate you, shake hands with you, and wish you well. And you think in your head, man, I have all these well wishes, right? And I can definitely do well. And guess what ends up happening is you start pitching things. Now they're like, oh, there comes Sanjay. He's going to ask us for money. And yeah, he's going to do his spill. And every time we meet, he's going to just talk about his business and which one he's going to go for and what he's going to do. Um, so very soon you start realizing that yeah, friends and families are great. They wish you well and everything. But then are you talking to the right people? That's the key. Mm -hmm. It's not like they don't want to do it, but it's just not their forte or that is not their investment goals. So trying to understand your investors need behind the need or uh, should I say understand their strategy is something very important. So that was a pretty tough lesson for me because I remember the first syndication was not very easy because you think that you're going to get all these people investing in you and that doesn't happen the way you would have thought in your head. So overall, it is, you know, one thing that I learned is, yes, these guys wish mean well, but understanding your investors is the key. Understanding their investment uh, criteria, their expectations in terms of returns, that is a key. So it, it was, it, it is, it is a challenge, as you said, but at the end of the day, um, if you, if you, you know, keep uh, telling exactly what you know and be transparent and be honest, uh, people will listen to you. They, they'll understand where they're coming from because at the end of the day, you are giving them an opportunity to make an investment in a really good uh, deal because that is something that you don't find with um, your day-to-day, -day. like for example, in stocks and bonds that everybody is kind of used to investing in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were talking about friends and family, and that's where we've been told for quite a while, that's where you start when it comes to real estate investing and, and finding some private capital. But um, what you're suggesting is that you need to start stepping out of your comfort zone and build your network. How did you go about building your network, especially uh, early on? Yeah. 
So as, as you said, we all start off with friends and families. Now, not all your friends or not all everybody from your family is going to invest in it, but you really figure out that it's a very small pool of people and there is only so much resources that you have, mm-hmm. um, especially if it is uh, going to be a 506B kind of, um, you know, uh, you're trying to uh, pitch out. Now you have only 35 people who can invest in it. So you have certain limitations. Not everybody within your family will be accredited investors. So now you've got to look at accredited investors. Now, you know, something Ajay, I always say is you do good, good things come back to you, right? So uh, sometime in 2015 timeframe, I had a friend of mine who uh, is a dentist and she had a practice in Pennsylvania and she needed help uh, with her practice because uh, it wasn't growing. So I kind of asked her that question. as like, what kind of marketing have you done? And her response to me was like, Sanjay, I've done this. I've done the yellow pages. And I said, that's not marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, would you like to give this a shot? You know, so I, I started working on her practice and it really did well for her and it helped her out. Uh, so then she asked me if I could do um, managing her office for her, um, try to work with her employees, which I did because uh, me being in a um, corporate world was very well trained in uh, managing employees, strategizing and marketing. So I kind of utilized that same thing over there. I also took some CE classes from UCLA and things like that uh, to understand uh, dentistry and things like that, which helped me. Then she had another friend uh, who was also a dentist, was going through the similar thing. So that's how pretty much I got running. And if you would look at my website, I, I talk about more in terms of uh, the medical professionals. Uh, the reason is because I kind of got to know more about them as to in terms of how hard it is for them getting out of medicine. They are good at their craft, but then when it comes on to business or when it comes on to uh, investments, there are certain challenges that they have, you know? So I, I kind of took that as a niche to focus on, but that doesn't mean that I don't talk to everybody. I think anybody and everybody who wants to make an investment um, is is obviously, uh, you know, a potential for us. So that is pretty much how I got into that, Jerry. Sure. You know what? You you just sparked a, a, a thought that we probably should do, you know, because a lot of the listeners uh, to my show are going to be fairly new to this concept of syndication. So why don't we take a second here uh, and, and break this up by defining what a syndication is. And then you also, you already mentioned 506B, but let's talk about the different flavors of syndications that are available. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so obviously, when you make an offer, um, you usually either it's a 506B or a 506C. Now, uh, of, uh, one of the things is we are strictly SEC compliant. So uh, when we when we come up with an offer, it has to be either one of these two. Uh, the difference between the 506B and the 506C is that 506C is only for accredited investors. Now, what is an accredited investor? An accredited investor is, you have two criteria for that. One, either you have to be, have to have a net worth of $1 million without including your house, or uh, you, if you're a single person, you have to make an earning of at least $200,000 uh, annually, if you are married, it has to be $300,000. So that is the the what an accredited investor is. Now, uh, there used to be only one of those, but SEC very soon realized that there are many people like me who are getting started. And people like me would, if I ever to go syndicate, I might not find a whole bunch of accredited investors. So they came up with another uh, thing called 506B, where 
they did give you a little bit of leverage and the leverage on that one was when you make a 506b uh, offer uh, you cannot have more than um, uh, 35 uh, 36 uh, 35 uh, uh, sophisticated investors so what are sophisticated investors sophisticated investors are investors who have an understanding of investment they have done investment in the past they have the money uh, this is not for those who are going to take loan on their credit cards and then put money into it. Obviously, you you have to be uh, diligent that you make sure that you bring in the right kind of investors. Uh, your goal is to make sure that they don't get they don't suffer or they don't get in trouble. That's another uh, responsibility as a syndicator you have. Um, mm. So the difference between the two also is when it is a five hundred six B offer, I cannot just go out and talk openly about the returns. I cannot tell that, hey, this is the property I have. These are the returns that you're going to get out of this. I cannot publicize it. I cannot advertise it. Whereas when it comes down to 506C, um, I can publicize it. I can go out there in the market and say, hey, I have this offer. Uh, this is the property. And these are the returns that we are giving. But this is for accredited investors only. And when that happens, there are two differences also in this. When you, when you have a 506B offering, there is a, you can have as many accredited investors you have, and you can also, but you can only have 35 uh, sophisticated investors. At the same time, all these investors, they need to just self-certify that they are either accredited or they are uh, sophisticated. But when it comes down to 506C, I have the moral obligation to actually do the due diligence to make sure that they truly are accredited. So it can sure. be through a different agency or looking at certain uh, things that shows that as a proof that they are. So sure. I don't know if that answered your question. Uh, yeah, Katie. no, it does. And you know, let's define what a syndication is too. You're essentially uh, taking a group of investors and and taking down a, a multifamily or rental property, right? Uh, absolutely. So syndication in, in, in short, I would say, is where you bring in a pool of investors together for a common cause. So uh, so what we do is we bring in the investors. Now, when we do the underwriting, obviously, majority of the money like comes in from the banks, the, institute, the financial institution. Now, you have 25% or 30% that you need to be putting from your own side. And also, you have the money that you need to do for uh, renovations or whatever you need to do. Uh, you set that aside. So whatever that pool of money that you need is where you take those as shares and you spread it with the, the investors who come in. Sure. So, you know, with your syndication, I've, I've found that most syndicators kind of target specific types of investments. Uh, is that the case with you? What, what do you typically target? I know you mentioned multifamily. Are you talking apartment buildings? Are you talking senior living? What, what does that look like? The very good question, uh, Jerry. So uh, the asset classes that I focus on are multifamily, apartments, uh, senior housing, and student housing. So okay. these are the three asset classes that I focus on. Sure. What what made you decide? You you mentioned senior housing and student housing. Uh, those are on different ends of the spectrum, to say the least. What made you decide to to jump on those? Um, so so this is the thing, right? It's always a supply and demand for uh, when it comes down to senior housing. Let me let me take these because they're two. They have their own advantages, right? Both of them. Sure. So one of the things that you would have noticed, JD, is that um, science has uh, developed so much that we are all living longer than what we used to before, right? right. So um, people are 
but at the same time uh, they cannot take care of themselves they do they do need assistance uh, living out there so uh, at the end of the day what has happened today is that there is a shortage of uh, senior housing so that that is a really good market to be in and mm-hmm. it's a great investment to be in and at the same time when it comes down to uh, student housing it's it's a usually you'll find it more near the universities and we we've all been to college we've seen that um, the first year is great in on the campus but after that it's you want your freedom you want to be outside and the good part about from an investor's point of view for me is like if i buy buy an apartment and it's if, say it's a two bedroom or a three bedroom and each of these have like two students living in it there is a lot of money to be made because each of these students bring in you know quite a bit uh, to the table so um, right. both of them are and and you don't have to do any kind of marketing because you already have restaurants all around the place and all those things so those are the advantages that you have with both of these yeah you're the first you're, you well i shouldn't say you're first person that's that's a recurring thing especially when it comes to student housing and i've actually have uh, run into some people who have turned an unprofitable property around by converting it to student housing because you can get a little additional cash flow by renting out per room. Absolutely. Because imagine if it is going to be a family, multifamily, and it's just a family living in that particular apartment, say, for example, it's about $650 or $700 per family. Now here, if you have like a two bedroom house, you have four students, each of them paying like 400 bucks each. It's quite a bit. It's right. not a whole lot on the students but at the same time that's quite a bit of a revenue when it comes down to you. Yeah. You know and 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 that's especially important because like you mentioned that a lot of people get into single family homes for the first time. And I can't stress what you mentioned earlier enough is the fact that that's an obvious place to start uh, when it comes to real estate investing and and if you buy a newer property you probably aren't going to have as many issues but it just takes one refrigerator, one AC unit, something, one thing to go out, replacing the roof, and it blows your cash flow for that year or multiple years. It's it's exactly. something that you really need to, to be cautious of. So I, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody to head over to your website again, blueringinvestors.com. Uh, ch- check out that white paper. And, and when the show goes live, hopefully your new book will be available is it going to be available as a download there as well, or a yes, link sir. to where they it, can it will be they can a, it pick will it be up? a download, free download. So wow, that's that's awesome. So um, with with all of that being said, you know, uh, can you give us an example of some of the benefits of investing in a syndication versus going this on your own? Um, absolutely, it's a very good question, JD. Uh, so me being done both sides of it, so I, I, I can tell you this much, is that um, when I had my own single family kind of a thing, A, you have to put in all of the money, like, you know, uh, plus all your responsibilities. Anything breaks down, either you're going to do it or somebody else is going to fix it, and it's going to cost you a ton of money to do that. Uh, whereas when it comes down to, uh, and say, for example, the tenant leaves now, you've got to go find a tenant for you. You've got to do the accounting part of it. When it comes down to syndication, guess what? You, you are doing a passive investment, so you are only owning a part of the, you know, part of the property. So you're putting only a part of the small amount into that particular thing, 
where you're not doing anything else. You're not doing the accounting. You're not doing the fixing the uh, property. Uh, you're not working on, uh, how would I say, trying to replace a tenant or any of the challenges that you see that comes in with owning a single family. So, yeah. and at the same time, you get the, because, um, you know, cost segregation is part of our thing when we do our taxes, you get the benefit, the, the investor gets the benefit of all of these things. So, the, so more than anything else, I would say is the way the, there are two things that happens, right? One, you get the cash on cash, which comes in through the, you know, on a month to month basis, but not only on top of it, when we sell the property, we share our profits with our investors. So you have like two things going on for you for doing nothing but just making that investment, sitting back and enjoying the fruits of the labor while we do all the work for them. And we also uh, keep them abreast of what we are doing. So uh, when it comes down to, we would have had a business plan as to like, what are the improvements we're going to do and what kind of uh, progress we're going to make to stabilize the property. We do this on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis with our investors. So we give them all the understanding of what's going on because they are part owners of that property. Sure. So now you've been doing syndication for well over a year. Now, looking back over that time, what would you say is the easiest thing that you experienced in in creating your first syndication that you would have expected was going to be harder than it was? Uh, that's uh, honestly, I I think um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say there was anything that was easy in that <laughs> one. <laughs> that, that that's just that's the truth. But if I were to look at it, I I felt that uh, when I was first getting in, I thought that I had to do that all by myself, and sure. that's where uh, things got easier because I learned that syndication is a team sport. And sure. everybody comes in to help you out. Like, you know, you have partners, you have your sponsors, and all of them come in. Uh, they bring a wealth of knowledge because if you are, if there are sponsors, they have to have, you know, done this several times. They have to have that kind of network and all of those things. So that that was the easy part that came out, you know, uh, because going in, it was very scary. It's like, how will I be able to do all this by myself? So, yes, you know, that that's just a lesson that everybody needs to learn just in business in general. Um, and it gets a little hard to see exactly what you just said there when you're in deep in the woods and you're you're involved and it's your baby and you're trying to do anything and everything. Eventually, it could it could be your undoing because you're you're taking on all of this stuff when you have a team. It, it, you're, we're not we have to learn not to just leverage people's money but leverage people's experience and time. And, you know, there, there's, there's more value there than, than we're probably taking advantage of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the thing about syndication. Syndication is a team sport and uh, you, you're not alone in this. You, you have right. the, having the right team is the key. I would definitely say that to you. So um, yeah, uh, that, 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 that is something always I would tell everybody who's getting into syndication or uh, either as an investor or as, as a passive investor or as an active investor. Um, you know, from a passive investor's point of view, I'll definitely tell everybody to vet your uh, managers or the, the, the guys who are actively involved in it, uh, the day-to-day sure. activities, because you want to know what their background is, what they've done. 
And from a passive investors, always make sure that you have a right team that you put together so that um, they know what they're doing and you need know each other's trends. Sure. So, um, so with the flip of that coin, I'm going to ask you now, what is one thing that is harder than you expected when you were trying to start a syndication? Bringing in investors. <laughs> That was the hardest part yeah. because um, I understand that um, it's it's hard earned money, and um, um, especially it is it is not as hard when you are talking to seasoned investors, accredited investors who have done investments uh, over the period of time with mm-hmm. several other syndications. But if somebody is new to syndication, it is hard on it's it's very hard for them to comprehend how this works because you have to remember. If if you are a if you are a single family investor, you have something physically in your hand. You say, oh, "This is my property. I have the papers in my hand, or whatever it is." When it comes down to syndication, this is new to them. They are like, "Well, I'm part owner of this. Like, what do I do? Can I take this to the bank and refinance it?" No, you cannot do that. But so that is that's hard for them to understand the difference between syndication and uh, you know having this whole multifamily uh, investment. Yeah, it, what what I also think is kind of interesting too, and we haven't touched on it here yet, but I would imagine that there was there's quite a bit of preparation and information, preparation of information that you have to go through in order to basically provide a packet for your investors. You know, um, and and I think uh, some people would underestimate what you probably go through to get that done. Oh, oh yes. Oh, there is a lot that is, happens in the in the bag even before we come to our investors. Like first, you have to actually find the right property. Then you have to make sure that uh, you know you do the underwriting. You try to make after the underwriting, you make sure that you do their due diligence. While you're doing the, doing the due diligence, you're paying the earnest money into it. You're talking to various um, um, uh, attorneys like SEC attorney, real estate attorneys. You're talking to chartered accountants, uh, you know, uh, CPAs. I would say so. You have uh, so many legal things going on before you can even come up with an offering memorandum. So, you know, you come out and try to talk to people. They have, you have to get the SEC's approval, your attorney's approval as to like, what can you sell it as? What, can, how, what are the things that you can say, what you cannot say? So there is a lot that goes on behind it. And due diligence, everything happens in like a short 60 to 90 day period. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot that goes on during that. Plus after that, there is another part of it. It is now you got to make sure that you stick to the plan. Sure. So writing the business plan is also a part of that underwriting, which is very, very important. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of coming to our end here, but uh, before we do, and, and I always have, I, I'm going to try to end with a couple of questions and I'm going to give you a heads up on one, uh, Sanjay, is, is uh, I'm going to definitely ask you with knowing that we have newer to real estate investor listeners, what is the one actionable item that they can take advantage of today to get started in a syndication if they wanted to do this themselves. But before we, before you answer that, I want to again, point to people to your website, blueringinvestors.com. Uh, if you go to slash white paper, you're going to find that free download from Sanjay uh, regarding, it looks like nine reasons you should invest in real estate with Blue Ring Investors, but you can also uh, pro- hopefully find his new book when it becomes available. 
But uh, Sanjay, circling back on my question, what do you think is that one actionable thing that uh, people could do? Yes. So if somebody um, who is wants to be a passive investor and wants to know more about syndication, they can definitely do is get on my website and not only uh, uh, download the nine reasons why, but at the same time, I've made it very easy for them to put in on a calendly, uh, you know, uh, where they can actually schedule, you know, uh, a no obligation call with me so I can educate them about everything they will need to know. Obviously, mm-hmm. once the book comes in, it'll be much easier for them as well. They just have to download it and learn it. Uh, so that was what I would definitely tell uh, those who want to get passive in, into passive investing. Those who are wanting to do this as a career and want to really get in, I'll definitely, they can do the same thing. Uh, I'll, I'm always open to talk to them. And But I would definitely say is get a formal education in that. You know, it is very important to understand. I can definitely teach them. I can walk through every single thing. Um, but at the same time, I would definitely tell them to... Uh, Go, go take a class on this, get an understanding. There are a lot of masterminds out there uh, where they can get become and learn it you know, as you go. But it's always good to go with some of these classes that I have taken that teaches you how to do the underwriting and all, every single thing that you need to do uh, or need to know about syndication. Sure. So, and then lastly is, uh, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today? Um. I think you've covered most of it, JD. I think you are a much seasoned uh, host. So definitely, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think you've covered the basis. But I think if there was one thing that if I would have asked, uh, said that, um, you know, the question would be is that what is it that uh, uh, passive, you know, what is it that we do as, uh, you know, uh, syndicators? In terms of, you know, because, and I know you won't be able to ask that question because it's a very broad question, but you, you tried kind of touch, touched on that one, but there are like 50 to 60 things that we syndicators do before we right. even come out there. So, yeah. yeah, but you did ask that question, but kind of. Uh, the yeah, time I is know. And I have a feeling that we could have spent an entire episode alone talking about what you do. Correct. Um, because the, the process of becoming a syndicator uh, is is fairly complex and it like is. you said earlier uh people should should uh definitely take that education go through a little training make sure they understand it and uh, uh because uh it's it's a great way to accumulate property but there's a lot of responsibility there yeah. No, uh, those who, if you have uh, listeners who are trying to get into syndication or trying to understand the syndication, I would tell them that start from day one uh, talking to investors because that's going to be a challenge. You might get a great deal, but then you will realize very quickly that you don't have enough investors to make the investment. So it goes parallel. Don't don't wait on one thing to happen and the other. It goes hand in hand. Yeah, this this actually goes back to something that I've been hounding on for quite a while, and and uh, and I'm going to say it yet again. Uh, when people get into real estate investing for the first time, we all tend our tendency is to focus on those single family homes, which is a great place, especially to start, and it's a great way to raise some capital, especially if you're doing wholesaling, fix and flipping. 
you know, that type of thing. Um, but we get so far focused on finding that next deal. We miss that, what you just said. I think you need to put in as much of an effort and as much of marketing, finding your cash buyers list and finding your investors and building that list as, as, as much as finding the next deal. And, and unfortunately, I, I actually am going to be the one I'm going to say something pretty controversial. Um, I, I've heard more times than not from uh, real estate gurus uh, that uh, you find the deal and the money will come. That is a bunch that is so backwards in my mind that uh, I can't even stress that you really yeah. have to build your list. You really have to get your networking done. You have to join your masterminds. You have to get involved in those areas and spend as much time building that. I, list. I, I cannot agree with you more. That is, <laughs> that is something that everybody tells, you know, they're like, Oh, if the deal is great, money will come. Not really. So no. start working from day one on both the things. It's, it's both are hard to come come by. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of work that goes into it. So, yeah. Well, Sanjay, this was a great conversation. You're, you have an open invite if you ever want to come back on and uh, I hope we can chat again sometime. Thank you, JD. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and uh, inviting me to your show as well as I want to thank every single person out there who's listening to this. And if, I hope I could bring some value to the show and uh, please do not hesitate to, you know, uh, get on my website and schedule a call. I'm always here to educate anybody who wants to know more about it. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time, and tell a friend.